Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we usually read an old fanfiction and discuss it in the cold, harsh light of 2022. But not today. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. And thanks for coming together to ramble with me today, you two, because we don't actually have a fanfic to read, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm always up for rambling. I, you know, drop me in any mm-hmm. social situation. I will nervously ramble forever until you stop me. <laughs> we're, we're too similar. I keep saying that. <laughs> That's why we're all suited to be podcasters. Just that, you know, gut assumption that we may as well just talk a lot, and probably that's the best course of action. Yeah, we're millennials who talk a lot, so of course podcasts, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, we've been guesting on a few podcasts lately, which has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess most specifically, recently we were on the Fanfic Maverick with Chaos Blue, mm-hmm. where she led an amazingly kind interview to us. And made us sound really cool and I had know. deep, insightful questions. It like warmed my heart so much. I'm not gonna lie, that's now one of my comfort things yeah. <laughs> in life. I'm gonna listen to that when I'm down and need a boost. Well, it also helps that she has that amazing NPR voice. Oh yeah, yeah. it's very good. It's like so soothing. I was gonna say like um, I was gonna th- think it's weird that my personal journey has been like connected to the podcasting but that's like the only way i (laughs) interact with other people (laughs) and it's like when i first i changed my name like i told you two right before we recorded the uh ninja turtles christmas episode Mm -hmm. so like that was like the first time i had other people calling me that name and that was interesting and like because like chaos maverick listened to, to that when we did the happy hour she called me the name when when we got there and that was affirming and the ultimate affirming experience was hearing the name that smooth radio voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. I also found it affirming that someone actually listens to our podcast without me prompting them to. Right? <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> anyway, uh, more recently, we also guested on Is It an X-Man with our favorite podcasters, Katie and Britt. <laughs> Sorry, Chaos Blue and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're, you know, they're pretty good, but... anyway that was a lot of fun and we really got some rambling in there uh but the point i'm leading to is that because of all that we're kind of behind on recording actual episodes of our own podcast that we do oops yeah yeah (laughs) well okay to be fair isn't an x-men actually gave us a reading assignment so yeah that's true we had extra work (laughs) and aren't all superhero comics really just fan fiction no they're not and we're gonna get to that um (laughs) Well, you know, that is a good segue because we're we're going to be rambling about what is fan fiction. Yeah, we're going to do something we haven't indulged in since issue, not issue, I'm still calling it issue from our Isn't an X-Man episode. Uh, since episode 100, where it was our retro fanfic retrospective retrospective, where we talked about our old episodes of this show. Yeah. And we're going to talk about something that is not a specific fanfic. It's been since issue 100, true believers, Yeah. <laughs> A real deep cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't even know what episode number we are now. But the point is, there's a topic that's come up several times rather um, understandably on this podcast, which is what exactly is a fanfic? And I've had my working definition kind of squared away since early on, but I thought it might be worth dredging that out again and seeing whether there's anything we need to add or append or, you know, argue about with that. And then there's a few... When I was thinking about this leading up to this episode there's a few aspects of that like does something qualify as a fanfic 
that I hadn't really thought about or haven't talked about with you two before, but maybe we could do it today. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, this has probably come up before if you're one of those very, very true believers who's listened to 130 plus episodes of the podcast (laughs) straight through. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know who those people are either. But when I'm looking for something to read, usually I pick a thing that anybody would agree is a fanfic. But sometimes I've stretched it because my personal working definition is that a fan fiction needs to be a piece of fiction heavily based on another work by identifiable authors, and they don't have permission to use that other identifiable author's stuff. Right. So that rules out a few things like most Arthurian legend where you can't point to an author and say, yeah, that person wrote this thing and I'm not, and now I'm basing my stuff on it. Yes, I, I see you want to cut in, Della. <laughs> well, like, the the concept of Arthurian legend was like uh, collected in one book, which all the other others were based off of at that point, so you could. Ah, I've actually made that same argument, yeah, like, because like the Once in Future King is very explicitly based on, um, based on Lamorta Arthur. Yeah. And so if if you're using that as your text, and we know who wrote Lamorta mm-hmm. Arthur, if you're using that specifically as your text, yeah, the Once in Future King is fan fiction by my definition. And Tennyson didn't tell him he could do that. Does that make Lord of the Rings fan fiction of the prose edda then? Oh gosh. But doesn't uh, that make it a little bit more loose than you would I don't know. Wait, it's, it's not, not that heavily based on the prose edda, based right? On it, right? I mean he ripped characters straight from it. Oh. Lord of the Rings, did he? I, I, I wasn't actually aware of I'm that. more conscious of the Prydain Chronicles being based very heavily on Welsh myth, but there's no one Welsh myth author to point at. Yeah. So I I wouldn't say the Prydain Chronicles <sighs> is fan fiction. But it's like complicated though, right? Because in an oral tradition, you mm-hmm. know, we're talking about like the um like Beowulf was probably told as a story over and over again before it was actually written down. Right. So, I mean, obviously that doesn't make it fan fiction, but it does mean that it's been, there's multiple permutations of the work, which you could also argue like Mort D'Arthur and, you know, Once in Future King, like kind of is similar. Is a continuation? I I mean, it could be. I don't know. But I, I guess the difference in my mind is that in the like oral tradition, you're not necessarily basing your thing specifically on the previous person's incarnation like there's a lot of versions of these stories going around right whereas if you're j- jumping off of wait did i say tennyson who wrote lamorta arthur um oh gosh uh well you know you're uh, uh really putting that was like spot here <laughs> you're the english major tour you should have this on <laughs> no, the tip I, of your tongue i really like it is on the tip of my tongue but it's not coming out Thomas Mallory. Mallory, right. Yes. So yeah, Mallory didn't give White permission to any to base stuff on Lamorte Arthur. But anyway, <laughs> the point is once you have one author have a stamp on it, if you're using that as your main thing, I feel like that's fan fiction. If you were inspired by Lamorte Arthur and you were drawing from other versions of Arthurian myth, I feel like then it's kind of still part of the oral tradition. Mm-hmm. That's that's my right view. But I guess my question is like, does being part of the oral tradition preclude it from being fan fiction? In my mind, yes. I see. Because I feel like getting to this other part of not having permission from the people, fan fiction kind of comes out of a, you know, like modern-ish understanding of authorship and people having kind of domain over that authorship. Uh, Ownership of IP? Yeah, all yeah, more or less. I mean, I feel like you could probably get some pre-IP law fan fiction, but 
mostly it's like, oh, this is that person's writing, but I, but I am taking it and doing something with it. Mm. And so, like, I, I, I know that, you know, people point to like superhero comics came up earlier just in this conversation where it's like, yeah, it has all the hallmarks of fan fiction to some extent where you have these generations of people who are seizing on ideas of previous authors and doing things with their understanding of the characters. Like, oh, I view the character this way. And I'm going to write them mm. this way. And that might be at odds with previous people, but it's kind of like their version. But they have permission from the rights holders to do that stuff. Right. And they're under some kind of editorial supervision. Right. Like it's part of the canon. I right. think that's the best way to put it. It's like something is part of the official canon. It's not. Fan well, even even right. when it's not like, you know, look at the Star Wars expanded universe, which has been struck from canon. But that doesn't make it fan fiction, even retro, even retroactively. Fine. Right. It's not the only condition. <laughs> but yes. Wait, wait does that make that fan fiction point. now? That's like it wasn't before when it was still kind of partially official. But now that's officially unofficial. Couldn't it yeah. like adherence to oh, it be I, I like fan fiction? I say no because at the time they had the permission and they had some kind of editorial supervision. Well, it wasn't fan fiction at the time, which it does beg the question, though. It now meets those qualifications. I don't think it does. I think it needs to be when you were writing it. But yeah, that's the question. Okay, is, but it, why? Is, it, is it static or does it or can something evolve into fan fiction hmm. later? Well, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> well, to be fair, something we did discuss, this has been on my brain for a while now is when we did that Xena mm-hmm. fanfic right. wasn't the one that wasn't actually Tropical any, Storm. Tropical yes. Storm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually just a, a published novel loosely based on Xena characters. And we came to the conclusion, I re-listened to this mm-hmm. episode we did recently, that it was fan fiction because the community thought it was fan fiction because it came out of the Xena fanfic mm-hmm. community. I would... Now, that doesn't fit your definition of auto, <laughs> but it does make me think like... I think it's a stretch of the definition, but I think it still kind of falls under there. Because I said, you know, my definition has something like heavily based on, you know, some other work. And it was, even though the end product to someone who's unfamiliar with Xena just looks like a novel. When the author was writing it also, they were thinking this character is like, you know, a version of Xena. This character is a version of Gabrielle. That's how and to some extent why I'm writing them. Well, that's what made me think of... um sort of the idea of the author, right? The author's mm-hmm. intention, because with the Star Wars stuff, we're coming back to that. It's like, yeah, they didn't intend for it to be fan fiction. They weren't participating in a fan fiction writing community. Mm. Like maybe community needs to be somewhere on our list. That's my yeah. thought process. Well, maybe it does, except I feel like we've run into so many, not not so many, but the occasional work where it's like, the author was clearly writing it to please themselves. And sure, they put it up online, mm. but it wasn't in conversation with a community as far as we could tell. But I think if it's adapted by the community as fan fiction, then that fulfills that requirement. Where it's like, yeah, they wrote it by themselves, but then it was adopted as fan fiction by the people who like that franchise and want to talk about it. I think that's a very fair direction to come at an alternate definition of fan fiction from. I think that would be very solid. From from the perspective of me, a podcaster who ch- who's choosing fanfics from different communities each time, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. <laughs> I, I don't want to try to figure but- out like, what the social understanding of different fan communities is every time. I need something that's more outside of that. <laughs> I totally get that. But at the same time, like, I guess maybe maybe community is a little bit strong. Like, I've talked about community several times about mm-hmm. how I discovered, you know, fan communities to be these kind of like wonderful little places. But like, even if you're uh, someone who never engages with the community, if you wrote a fan fiction 
about a particular you're you're a fan of that work if you wrote that fan fiction. I, I would assume. I, I want to get to that also. Okay. <laughs> I guess to round out so, so wait, Tori, actually following on that train of thought. So you're talking about community, community, but like if you are, say, like a 12-year-old a who's the only Sailor Moon fan at your school and you're writing Sailor Moon fan fiction in your notebook and no one ever sees it, are you saying that's not fan fiction? No, because what I mean, what I like actually was trying to point to is like, sure, you're not directly participating in a community of, of other fans, but in an abstract way, you are. I'm sorry, I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but the like idea, the idea comes from the community and the franchise. And, right. But there's no there, community in this case. Mm, like, let, let's say you only have the like, franchise. But the That's genesis really of the idea mm. still comes from watching their franchise and appreciating it as a fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah no. I no. just feel like that moves away from a community I, I think you're right, definition. Well, I, yeah, I think it's hard to pin down one explicit definition. Well, that's why we can ramble about it for a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one definition I might have come to during that Xena episode was if it's fiction written by a fan. Mm. as a necessary part of it. I want to come right back to that very soon. Okay. But before that, I just want to wrap up like what my working definition has mm -hmm. meant for what I've, I've been choosing, mm -hmm. where, for example, um, having permission from the author in my mind doesn't need to mean legal, like uh, whatever you call it, merchandising-based, like, you know, I don't know, what, what, what's it called? official novelization level things or right. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, the Cthulhu mythos outside of H.P. Lovecraft is not fan fiction because Lovecraft's attitude was, yeah, yeah, go ahead, like expand on it, write it. Because then it's not fan fiction, it's a collaborative work. Yeah, it's just a shared universe, so like people bouncing off each other, you know, it's collaborative like different universe. People in the, different people in the writer's room in a TV show writing different episodes or something. I, I, except they weren't collaborating with Lovecraft, so I actually feel like I have to take like a little bit of an issue with it. Like if I went out and wrote a like a Cthulhu Mythos story today mm -hmm. and put it on fanfiction.net, it wouldn't be fanfiction. Not in my definition, no. If I mean, but I don't know H.P. Lovecraft. No, but his gratefully. attitude was not proprietary. <laughs> You're not transgressing I, any kind of proprietary well, ownership. Uh, Sure. Does something need to be owned in order for there to be fan fiction of it. I don't think it has to be owned in a legal sense, but that's why I feel like you need to have an identifiable authors hmm. where like you're not if you write a variation on Red Riding Hood, like what's the mm. what's the source? What's the author that you're riffing on? Brothers it's, Grimm? Well, no. I, okay, more than likely, yes. yes. That's that's actually probably true because <laughs> uh, that is Brothers Grimm one, isn't it? That they yeah. consolidated. Okay, well, maybe that was a bad example. Well, you know, <laughs> that was unfortunate, really. I don't know. I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a tangent, but that's that is a little bit of a good example for the idea that, like, yes, the Brothers Grimm wrote down all these fairy tales, mm -hmm. just like someone wrote down Beowulf. But circling back, there's not actually an original author like we were just talking about. I mean, you know I, what I mean, I like, think I I now have to claim I've talked myself into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my basis of like Lamorta Arthur and then the Once and Future King. If the mm -hmm. Once and Future King is fan fiction in my mind, anything based on the Brothers Grimm version of a fairy tale is also fan fiction. Right. And then the Brothers Grimm were basing those on right. folklore. The, the Brothers Grimm version is not fan fiction. They're basing it on an oral tradition. But, but other people who... are not accessing that oral tradition. They're accessing the version that the Brothers Grimm wrote. I just make me uncomfortable i'm not sure why <laughs> no me too i i feel yeah. like that doesn't feel right but it does but it does kind of make sense because like when they have like stupid cheesy action movies like the hansel and gretel movies and they're like 
Brothers Grimm, Hansel and Gretel. Right. The mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there is a nod to the source and the continuity, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, even though they did not generate okay. it, they, like, put out the version that then people were riffing off of. There was a Beowulf movie. Yes. Was that fan fiction? Uh, it depends on what they were basing their sources on, I think. I mean, they were basing it on the the only thing we have, the written version of Beowulf, right? Well, who wrote that? Do we know? Oh, um, no. I don't, wait, do we? Well, this, that's a good question. Does the work have to have identifiable authors or does it need to be an, an identifiable work? You know what? If it was an identifiable work and just the author's name was scratched out, I guess that's good enough. I'm just trying to like put aside the oral tradition part, you right. know, like where, which is a totally kind of, I feel like different community, right? Yeah. It's a different social thing. Right. Different social but, thing. Like, you could have like, that's the official, that, that's the more technical way to say it. Social thing. That's like, what I was looking for. Like you could have like Bible fan fiction or something that yeah, sure. <laughs> authorship of those parts are in question some I, places. I mean, depends on what parts of the Bible, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking at, um, left behind, it's like, sure. It's, it's book of revelations, fan fiction. And we know who wrote the book of revelations. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely 100% fan fiction. <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like everything is slowly sliding down around me, like, <laughs> caving in. Because, like, Beowulf does not have an identified author. But right? did, but did but someone write it But there was a person. We just don't know their name. Okay, I, I'll take it. You know? Sure, sure. That's, that's Beowulf fan fiction, sure. Oh, gosh. But then Bible fan fiction is such a story. Well, some so. of the Bible is oral tradition that's consolidated, mm-hmm. and some of it was... Seriously, just written by like individual authors. As someone who mostly Old Testament and New Testament, right? Yeah. Like, as someone who grew up reading the Book of Mormon, I think there can be Bible fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, let's read that one for one of our episodes. That story is crazy. I... Okay, so there's various ways we could quibble about all that, right? Mm-hmm. But I do want to come back to this other idea because Della, you were talking about people approaching, or actually, I think Tori, you did too. I think both of you mentioned something about approaching works as a fan of right. the material. And here's the thing. We haven't been reading it because we tend to read good things that we would like to enjoy. <laughs> but there are fanfics, I know, they exist in the world, mm-hmm. written by people who hold nothing but disdain for the source material. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that fan fiction? Yes. I, and my argument is you have to, in, if you hate something, you have to love it a little bit in some way. I think I agree with you. Yeah. I think it, if someone's writing some like screed based on Twilight because Twilight made them so angry and they just want to like eviscerate it. But they, they would have had to have read Twilight. Yes, they would. I, I hate Twilight. I've yeah. never read it. I, I couldn't do that. So I'm, I'm not a even tertiary fan of it. Those sorts of people, they're they're dipping Twilight's pigtails into the inkwell, right? Right. Like they actually like it. I mean, <laughs> come on. They or at least something. They have a passion for it. Like I care nothing for Twilight. Some of it is bizarrely fascinating. You know, when you find out, spoiler alert, that at the end, like the werewolf is destined to be in love with her yeah. baby. Like, yeah. right. Like everybody knows this because it's just so bizarre. Everyone's and it is like, something yeah. you're just going, you're shaking your head over. But I'm not going to. That's too much of a fact for me to like. I'm not gonna obsess over that. I could be writing about things I actually care about, right? But like, I, I have. But it sounds like you care about that a lot, actually. I care about it a little bit <laughs> because it's bizarre, but not enough. My point is that I don't care about it. I care about bizarre and weird things because I care about he- why humans do such bizarre and weird things. Sort of a fascination with human psychology. 
but not enough to write an entire work of fiction about. Yeah, but like I, I've hate watched anime series and stuff before. Like hmm. there's that Gynax series well, that I don't want to mention specifically that uh, I I started watching because it was guy not not Gynax Trigger. Mm. Okay, and um, I think I know the what concept you're was about. fun, but they <laughs> go into biological absolutism in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like I did watch that whole thing. I could write fan fiction of it. Right. But would you? <laughs> but would you? I could. Okay. But so, it, it would be like a deconstructive, hateful <laughs> fan fic of it. What? Yeah, the more we're talking about this, I'm, I'm kind of wrong. Because, like, I mean, this really helps in our definition of fanfic. But I do, like, when I watch a movie that's really bad, I will spend a lot of time, like, writing a whole essay about oh, yeah. why it's yeah. bad. Yeah. Because it matters to me. Like so, movie, all right, I I'll, get it. <laughs> if I like the movie, I'll talk a little bit about it. If I hate a movie, I'll spend, like, hours boring the per- person next to me trying to... Because I'm trying to understand why I hated it. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, for me... Sorry, this is the last sidetracky thing I'm going to say. Uh, it's all sidetrack. Like, Keep going. Uh, if it's like, if, if it's, um, if it's a good premise, you know, there's a reason I watched it and then it mm-hmm. turns out to be bad. That's the worst. Like if it was, if I just knew it was going to be yeah. a piece of crap, like it's just like, yes, that was a piece of crap. But it's like, you were so close to doing something <laughs> right. That you gets know? me so, I, it's uh, so close to something. I know. Yeah, good ideas. But, oh. So, yeah, I think you don't actually have to like it because there's still something about the work that compels you to riff on it or right. expand on it. And I, I feel like, you know, back, going back to the interview that Chaos polluted with us on the Fanfic Ma- Maverick Ca- podcast a while back, at the very, very end, she asked me a question about like what I think is so great about fanfiction. I said something. But afterwards, I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually not my favorite thing about fanfiction. What I think is really cool about fanfiction is that it makes people who otherwise would not be writing write. Because mm-hmm. something grips them where they're like, oh, I really need to like process this or like do something with this or like they're inspired so directly and so there, i think i feel like so many fanfic authors would not write original fiction uh, or don't but because they're they're experiencing media that then something about it grabs them and they you know kind of have that creative inspiration gripping them that they because of that they write things right so my defi- definition of fan fiction mostly evolved around the uh, community of it, and mm-hmm. yours focus on the um, source material, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I just started considering that seriously, like uh, <laughs> this conversation. And about the source material needed to be fan fiction, we've kind of forgotten about a huge part of fan fiction that like, we're not a part of, but mm-hmm. it still exists, and it's definitely fan fiction. Real people fan fiction. Yeah. What works true. that based off of a motto? Um, I feel like this has come up in conversation before where for public people, to some extent, they have a public persona Mm -hmm. that I don't want to say they are fictional, but like there's something real, there's something fictional ish about the way that a lot of celebrities kind of have a, a character presence. Right. But to back to your original definition of a source, um, I I think we've abandoned the part with identifiable author but like Mm. there's no specific body of work that they're basing the characters off of they're they're basing off like the ideas in like maybe even oral tradition you know you're right if if you're writing a book with i don't know uh john f kennedy fighting 
well, okay, fighting vampires becomes a bit lo looser. But like, if you're writing a book <laughs> just like with actual mm -hmm. historical people who live, that's historical fiction. I don't call that fan fiction. But you're I'm right. Even talking about historical, I'm talking, you're talking about, about living. I'm talking about like yeah. Beatles fan fiction. I'm no. talking about NHL fan fiction, the National Hockey League. There's there's people that write fan fiction for those players. Yeah. No, you're right. That makes it very hard to jive with my definition because unless everything is fan fiction, it can't. You know, there's got to be a divide between works and real life as the inspiration for what you're writing. Yeah, but like not not even just real life, because like I was accepting, you know, when we talked about we talked about this when we did our Beatles fanfic that they had, you know, they public personas that weren't really themselves. They, they had a cartoon uh, where they were characters, right? Well, they had movies, other movies, that, live too. action. They also right. played, they played themselves in movies, but they definitely didn't play how they probably are in real life. They played over the top, you know, situational versions, you know, of themselves. And, you know, furthermore, we also had the BTS fanfic. Mm -hmm. I think those are also people who are, who have a public persona that's probably not how they are in private. Like, they're very much right. fetishized right. for those public personas. So, all I'm saying is that there's something there. There's something fictionalized about these people. No, it does not have an identifiable author. It's yeah. not a body of written work. Can it be that their life is the is the work of fiction authored by themselves? But, they don't have permission to write right, about them. But, well, that's deep. How is that different from the oral <laughs> tradition? Like, or historical fiction? Yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, it's really not. Oh, gosh. But that's also... Can of worms. Talking about the uh, bands... Or actors that like that's people in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm going to point back towards the um, athletics mm -hmm. <laughs> people that that still because athletes don't have the same sort of performance aspect of their characters mm -hmm. and personas. Mm -hmm. they, they could well, they have interviews and but not Twitter not in the same way though. And also, there's other real life fan fiction like what was the name of that boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal at Ever Given or something? I don't know. That had fan fiction. Hmm. There was fan fiction written based off of that. I mean, we can go all the way down to the nitty gritty level of like a middle schooler once again writing a story about one of their friends or something. Uh, or, or actually, I guess to, to avoid any element of permission about one of their classmates who doesn't know they're writing it. And that's creepy. And I'm not sure it's fan fiction. Um, I think that, that just might be fiction, though. Yeah, it's definitely that, fiction. That's a novel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, okay, what's the difference? <laughs> it, it's about being a fan, right? It's in the name, fan fiction. Like, can it's you be about, considered right. a fan of your classmate? Maybe. I mean, yeah, okay, fine, but come <laughs> on. Like, really, when we think of fan culture, we think of people who are fans of celebrities and media, right? Mm -hmm. Fictional or non... Well, you can be a fan of nonfiction media. Yeah. But fans are also fans of celebrities. And and Della was right to point out that that's a whole big category. Real person fan fiction exists because there are fans of real people. Well, I guess here's the thing. is like we're talking about, like Della said, these two ways of coming at something and describing it as fan fiction. And when I think about both of them, they both feel reasonably right to me. And so... When you, when I imagine someone writing a story about like some random sports player who has not been in Space Jam or something like that, who has not, who has not fictionalized themselves explicitly, mm -hmm. but they're still writing a story about this real ass person who's still alive and, you know, who they see around. When I think about them doing that, it doesn't feel like fan fiction. 
Then when I imagine them putting it online and showing it to other people who like develop their understanding of this real life person's personality and share stories with each other, it starts feeling like fan fiction again. Read it on Tumblr is immediately fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gosh, yeah. You know, I I was just thinking in my head, um, I'll say this first. I don't know what fan fiction is, but I know it if I saw it. <laughs> you know, like it's the, the, it's one of those things. Yeah, the pornography. Uh, the pornography. Alan Ginsberg pornography yeah. trial. Yeah. Um, I, I should write a fan fiction of that trial. Okay, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think we're the kind of people that are willing to leave it at that defi- definition. No, of course not. <laughs> but I I feel like what I'm hearing a lot, and I was actually kind of wondering a motto if like I'm not a sports fan. I don't think you are either. I wonder if maybe like you have less of a fan relationship to sports and that's why like it doesn't feel as fan fictiony to you. That's you probably I mean? true. Like, I'm not much of a sports fan. I am a sports racer. Yeah. But I'm not a sports <laughs> fan. <laughs> um yeah, it might just be that I'm kind of outside those communities completely. Um I mean, I would know cuz I am as well, but I do imagine like if someone had a love for I don't know, the Spanish soccer team that I have for like Evangelion yeah. that they would feel like fan fiction to them. You know what I mean? I'd say I'm not either, but y'all walked in on me watching soccer. Yeah, so. Della and Lightness. <laughs> What's it like to be a sports fan? I don't know. <laughs> well, I have gender issues also because like it's all like men's stuff and I couldn't care. <laughs> okay. I- I'm pretty sure non men also play sports. That's yeah. my understanding. Well, that's why you came in me on me watching. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Got Women's it. Champions League. Go yeah. Barca. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of lesbians watch sports, so yeah. you're in good company. Yeah. There's a new uh, uh a bar that opened in, in Portland, the the sports bra that only plays women's sports. Oh really? That's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Is it a lesbian bar? Because I only know one other lesbian bar here, and it's usually just so quiet. There. No, there's there's a pop-up that happens, but they're actually another lesbian bar opening up um, in May mm. across mm. the street from the Subaru dealership. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, anyway. Popping off. <laughs> well... I feel like real person fan fiction is the first thing I've run into that's really seriously shaken my definition of fan fiction as I understand it. Well, I feel shaken to the core too, like coming to that to that thought in the middle of the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to need to set that aside and let it simmer for a while. Mm-hmm. Come back to that, you know, in another like hundred episodes when we need something to do. <laughs> well, it's like, is it? Does each item of fan fiction deserve to be evaluated by its own standards? For each individual item. Well, that's similar to what you were saying, where if we're judging it by different fan community standards, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and I was just saying, I can't deal with that. <laughs> You're not, it's not a wrong approach. It's just too much of a moving target. It's just too much of a moving target. Yeah. You know, it's so sad because when we finished that one Xena episode, I remember feeling so satisfied so with that conclusion. It. Like the fans think it's fan fiction. So that's amazing. We've really come to a definition. And now I'm just my whole world's underwater again. Maybe, but I'm constantly having us read things that no one defined as fan fiction until I was like, no, that's fan fiction. And there's that other definition of fan fiction. I forgot who it was. Uh, well, maybe not no one, but like, you know, uh, the what, what do we call it? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is not considered fan fiction by a fan community. Oh, right. fair enough. And neither yes. is like a new Alice in an old wonderland or anything like Good that. Good point. And like, there's that other definition. Was it fanfic Maverick an episode where the, uh, she had someone from India talking about how like their publishing companies are starting to become more um, westernized. So mm-hmm. now there's like standard definition of IP. So that's bec- 
stimulate the growth of fan fiction. So like fan fiction is by its nature not capitalist. Right. So is that part of the definition we should think about? <laughs> that um, it makes money that's well, not fan fiction. Well, or... if it's um officially licensed by the industry. Right, right. Well, if it's Which just is... part of your uh, permission from the original right. authors. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. There's like something I feel like transgressive when you're writing mm-hmm. fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's not at all transgressive, right. then it I it doesn't feel like fan fiction either. Okay, but you know, I t- just because I was thinking about the Ginsburg trial, uh, oh. everybody talks about Ginsburg's work as transgressive. And I don't think he put, you know, this is just an example of one author, but put that work out there to make money. It was to be transgressive, right? Well, mm-hmm. when I so say transgressive, like, I mean transgressive in the most mild way. I don't mean like a shocking way or like no, even know, in a legal way, but just in a way where it's really like, matter. this it's is just, it's like, sorry. this is the circle of things that you're supposed to be writing. Mm-hmm. And you're at the very least like poking your toe outside of that and, Mm. you know, grabbing somebody else's little bit of something and pulling it into your space. I don't know. Right. And my only point is like, we can definitely add that to the definition of fanfic, but like, there are just a lot of writers who are never wrote for capitalist reasons and never wrote to capitalize on their work and wrote to be transgressive. So I'm wondering if it's just like a little bit too... I don't know. Well, did, were they abstract? Were they grabbing from somebody else's work? Well, yeah. well no, but I just <laughs> I, I think okay. it's the other part. I think we take transgressive and we add it to transformative. Mm. So something transgressive and transformative of some other. Okay, thing. but how is transgressive really adding anything to transformative at that point? I mean, only in that it's a word to describe that not having permission. Mm. I think that's. Because transformative, I mean, I see, I see. A yeah. Marvel movie is transformative, yeah, but it's no, not no, fan no. fiction. Yeah. No, that's because, a really like, good I, I read the novelization of like uh, episode one, but mm-hmm. that was official. So right, that was it's... transformative, but that wasn't transgressive. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's write a letter immediately to the Organization for Transformative Works and be like, "You need to add another word in there: transgressive and transformative works." Exactly. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, but he, having having grappled with that transgressive trans, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there's too many transes in the room. <laughs> uh, let's. That's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on to that transformative part a little bit mm-hmm. because I've kind of let it slide where I'm like, oh, it's based on something else. But how based on something else does it need to be? For us to call it fan fiction. And so, for example, just as a thought experiment, mm-hmm. um, we read Maurice LeBlanc's uh, Arsene Lupin story where Sherlock Holmes appears. Yeah. Yes. Sherlock Holmes arrives too late or Correct. something like that. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes loses to my OC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, relatedly, I feel like that's the thing we've read most where it's like, I'm not convinced that Maurice LeBlanc loved Sherlock Holmes. I think he did. I, he just wanted to show how better his character was than Sherlock Holmes. I guess I should say mm. his fandom did not shine through in the writing. Look, okay. we <laughs> talked about this in the episode. <laughs> I thought he painted Sherlock as very curmudgeonly and I don't know. I wasn't... Uh... Now, some of the words painted him as like, yeah, curmudgeonly and like also like godlike in ability and intelligence, though. Except that he does not... I don't know. It's... Hmm. It sounded like he was... 
more angry at the Holmes character than he was enchanted <laughs> but, by him. But, but. It's like in that one, Holmes lost because other characters in the situation fucked up, not because he, he didn't. I know, but he was yes. so pissy about it at the end. Okay, we already talked about this fanfic. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, well, let, let's say... Quotes. Is it a fanfic? <laughs> right, okay. go on, Wada. Okay, now let's say that's just a normal Arsene Lupin story mm-hmm. where he does an Arsene Lupin crime and he gets away. And at the very end, there's like one sentence where it says, they called Sherlock Holmes, but he arrived too late. Is that still Sherlock Holmes fan fiction? No, because Sherlock Holmes doesn't, well, it's, he doesn't appear. It's implied that he appears, but he's not, he's not written into the story. There's no description of his arrival. There's no dialogue from him. That, that, that. Then that turns it from a fan fiction to a reference to Sherlock Holmes. Right. In a, oh. work. a reference, for sure. I mean... Okay. But yes, it is a little bit slippery because we're now looking at how truncated does it need to be to simply be a reference. Well, there's other angles there, too, where what if it's, you know, a similar story, and at the end of that story, he passes by Sherlock Holmes, and, like, Sherlock Holmes, you know, kind of recognizes him but lets him go. Mm-hmm. Um, and he recognizes Sherlock Holmes, of course. Let's say that's the first time Sherlock Holmes appears, and we don't even get his name, but we, the reader of detective fiction, are supposed to understand that it's Sherlock Holmes. Can something be a percent fan fiction? I don't know. Like, can you say, like, the last page of this was fan fiction? You're introducing dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, sure, that part of it, the whole, let's say you have a, you know, a 30-page story. No references mm-hmm. to any other characters, but that last page, Sherlock right. Holmes shows up and be like, yeah, okay, I can and, call that last page. But like the whole story, no way it's fan fiction. It's not about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's not concerning anything about him. And based on our tropical storm, you know, uh, precedent, the fact that his name is not said, it does not matter because like our audience, our audience of detective readers are going to get that they're supposed of to understand course. that okay. Sherlock Holmes. So that part, I guess, seems irrelevant. But you're saying that like, Oh, we would say there's a part of it at the end of the story that's fan fiction, but not I mean, that I the guess. work itself is fan fiction. I mean, I, I, would, I, like I would just, <laughs> I know, I don't like it either, but I, I would have a really hard time calling the entire work fan fiction. It's just by our definition, I think we have to pay some respect okay. to that appearance. So let's talk about that. That'd be transgressive. Right. Is it transformative of Sherlock Holmes? Mm. Yeah. It's not, really, though. No, it's not. Because it doesn't, Sherlock Holmes doesn't do anything. It doesn't doesn't interact. There's no characterization. There's no actions involved. Okay, but so we would just say this story has a cameo appearance by Sherlock Holmes. Sure. It's kind of what we would be getting at. A, there. a reference, yeah. Okay, and we are getting into fraud IP purposes here. Right. But what if <laughs> something's heavily based on something, mm. like let's say? based on, you know, I'll talk about Sailor Moon all day. Let's say it's heavily based on Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're taking kind of the whole cosmology, the whole attitude, the whole even like whole concepts, but let's rename the concepts. And let's let's have new characters, let's say. Mm-hmm. But basically it all works the same way and everyone's still reincarnated from a past life and they still transform and like there's characters that are equivalent to the cats and you're just you're just lifting everything. Yeah. And you know, everything conceptually without any of the details being exactly the same. Is that fan fiction? That sounds transgressive and transformative. doesn't necessarily sound interesting. (laughs) Sounds like a (laughs) ripoff. I guess that's the thing, right? Is that legally speaking, it might be that that is 
not a intrusion mm. on the IP, mm. but you might still say it's fan fiction. I think at that point, you'd have to add the community aspect to it. Mm-hmm. If it presents itself mm-hmm. as its own individual IP with its own copyright, then it's just, um, you know, whatever that the sticky stuff is where you're plagiarizing somebody else's work. If it if you do that whole thing, but you give it to the fan community, then it's a Sailor Moon fan fiction. Uh, right? Yeah, but the, I, I, that if we're adding community back to the definition, we're, we're again looking at that sort of thing where we were talking about before. There's not communities for every mm. fan yeah. fiction. So. But it's like the purpose of the work, um, I think. The purpose of the work. Yeah, you know, but, what I was thinking of is just the idea that there's no creativity in ripping something off, right? Well, let's say then Dracula shows up. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> now it's creative, I mean, right? And like you could maybe. rip something up, rip something off extremely creatively. That's possible. I guess so. I guess uh, I feel like there should be a word for what I'm thinking, which is like somebody really put in I've... time and intention into this instead of just copying. From well, the there are terms. You would just say like, oh, it's a Sailor Moon XP. And then it does cool things. Mm. Um, and come to think of it, you know, I think we talked about this back in the Sherlock Holmes uh, Arsene Lupin episode two, where I was saying this same story with Herlock Holmes is not fan fiction. And this story with Sherlock Holmes is fan fiction because right. it's also about what the reader is taking and like the assumptions that are primed in their brain from seeing like the same characters and the same, you know, terms. Yeah. Mm. I think that's what stops me from being interested in it. Cause like, it's in functioned fan fiction, but it's by technicality, not fan fiction in ways I don't really respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that might be what we're sort of butting our heads up against a little bit, too, is that like we might need to include things in our definition of fan fiction that we don't actually like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of hard to do, um, you know, just on a personal level. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I'm more confused than when we started, I'm afraid. But is there anything else relating to the definition of fan fiction that you two want to chat about right now? Um, transgressive, transformative, for the fan community. Hmm. Some, uh, at least two out of those three. <laughs> <laughs> Depending. It's going to linger in my confusion for a little bit longer. We're, we're going to assign a number of points to each of those categories, and if you get above a certain threshold, uh, adjusted for the number of pages in your work that are addressing this right, work, right. Uh, yeah, then, don't forget the percentages. Exactly. That's then what we're it, going to get to our fan fiction threshold. That's like what we'd have to do if this was like a grant from a university or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... A predecessor, I've never mentioned this before, but a predecessor to this project mm-hmm. before you like came to me wanting to do a podcast was I was very interested to go track down the fan fiction, the published fan fiction based on major properties and just like put it in a spreadsheet and like, I, I don't know, see trends about like how often people were basing books on Dracula or like that kind of thing. I think the the main sorts of areas I was thinking of were like Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, uh, maybe Jane Austen as a whole, because that that's a long and storied fan fiction basis mm-hmm. also. Um, anyway, it, it just would have taken a whole lot of work and probably grant money and a team <laughs> of, you know, assistants. Yeah. So I definitely did not do that. Right. Well, you know, maybe in the future. <laughs> it's aspirational, just like fan fiction. Does fan fiction have to be written? <laughs> Oh, I mean, my God. I, <laughs> just stop. Well, look, 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 I've done that before. I've had us do, like, you know, radio plays and, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and, uh, uh, text 
text adventure games yeah. and i feel like um and we've done at least a fan video or two like we did we did troops and i oh yeah my definition of fan fiction is loose enough that if it's fiction sure right uh you know a documentary about it would be non-fiction right but like fan works maybe more specifically fan, fan fiction or fan video or- fan works would probably be a better term but retro fan works retrospective doesn't <laughs> it's okay it's okay well, it, 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 it's still fiction it like, sounds like the, it sounds like the evolved form of our podcast or something <laughs> <laughs> that's right we, where we talk about a piece of fan art and we're like yeah you should probably pull this up while you're listening to the podcast and like i was look at it following this artist on instagram and they posted their um adventure time oc mm-hmm. and it was actually pretty cute it was fun but like they posted it as like little comic vignettes mm-hmm. that did have like a storyline and continuity that goes from like when Finn was young to like when Finn was 40 or something. Mm. Okay. Well, look, I can imagine all kinds of fan art that has implied narrative that I feel like is still kind of in the fan fiction heading. Right. It's just that each picture would only be worth a thousand words. So they'd be relatively, <laughs> relatively short fanfics. Right. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, you're reminding me that you, um, Amato brought up Dojinshi in our mm-hmm. discussion with, uh, chaos blue yeah is that fan fiction sure it is oh yeah, yeah. well it absolutely is. The, the, it's not any like it's not any different than like the fan comic we right, read. right right after so. that conversation i also thought oh shit and like 95 percent of people who are familiar with the term doujinshi are thinking pornographic doujinshi <laughs> and i was like that's that's not what i meant oh I, no no i'm <laughs> Also, uh, I I read the whole at Japanese zine scene, which has yeah. all kinds of fan comics. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that at all. Maybe I'm just very naive. Well, you've but... been to Comic Head with me. That's not the case yeah, of, but with I like read most people. She growing yeah. up, I yeah. just didn't think. I mean, I knew some of them were poor. I, didn't, I mean, anyway, to be fair, the pornographic Dojinshi is also fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It's just that's not what I was talking about inclusively. That's well, not not what you're talking about, or, or, <laughs> or, or, or exclusively is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. You just wanted people to know it was broader than... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which I did not say in that discussion. Anyway. <laughs> I really did not assume. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I was thinking about Japanese... Like, we talk about what fan fiction is for us. Obviously, this is, you know, a word in English. We're talking about a culture that presumably is largely American, probably other english-speaking countries perhaps or but. just online which is has yeah. been recognized a lot i, think, I don't know global online community mm, yeah that's just, true it got me thinking about like doujinshi in japan was that the like original japanese fan fiction oh yeah sure yeah. Th- like there's a term for written fan fiction in japanese and i forget what it is and i have a few examples but compared to fan comics it's so much less prevalent mm-hmm. um i only grabbed things like that when it was so obscure that i was like oh i need to own this where mm-hmm. it was like you know, I have a couple of pieces of written fan fiction based on the Dracula Sailor Moon musicals that like no one ever uh, thinks about, especially in like yeah. the Western fandom. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, the Doshi the scene's really cool. And, you know, I feel like they kind of had a lead on us where it's like yeah, authors, right. authors coming out, professional authors, I should say, professional authors talking about their time in fan fiction, I feel like is a little bit newer than things like what's his name the azumanga daio author who used to like write sailor moon doujinshi like you know talking about that or um i think it was a more established route of like fan works into professional works in japan maybe for a little bit longer than it has been in like our western novel publishing industry it's only been recently and it's still pretty stigmatized yeah yeah Uh, also like the toriyama 
program is like successor to take over Dragon Ball into the future. Started out doing Dragon Ball Dojinshi also. It totally excellent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's who you want, right? That's how they know that he draws it well. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. But it, it's cool that the Japanese publishing industry is usually like, uh, the thriving fan scene is a good thing and it sells us more copies and let's not mess with them at all. Right. With a few exceptions. <laughs> anyway, I think that closes up our conversation for the moment. Um, I'm sure we'll continue to have our minds blown or, you know, be distressed about something that we grudgingly have to admit is fan fiction in the future as well. Yeah. I'm having a premonition. I see a part two of this discussion. <laughs> Maybe a part three, four, five, six. As ongoing throughout the, uh, the the life of the podcast within different episodes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for now, this was an unusual episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective. What are we calling this episode? Uh, Fred. <laughs> I don't I like know what you're looking at. Carly. Carly. I like Carly. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of what is fan fiction or something like that. Oh, fine. <laughs> we didn't actually decide what fan fiction is. Yeah, I'm going to do my own transgressive, transformative version of this episode. <laughs> Would that be fan fiction? Uh, because Adela edits it and can take things out, mm -hmm. does that make it fan fiction? You know, <laughs> this entire podcast, real person fanfiction, a transformative work based on the original audio that was recorded at this table. <laughs> oh, I, I want to say no, but I, I am fan of you two, so like, <laughs> I do edit Aww. things in that in that vein with that idea. So maybe <laughs> I'm a fan of you too. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the intro song to the podcast is. Wait, are we using the normal audio? We Did we do something special for episode 100? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, we could so still use questions. the same one. Okay. Yeah. In that case, the intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. And you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Davis, who is apparently our biggest fan. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you can find the podcast at our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, or if you can help clarify the definition <laughs> of fanfiction in our mind, please contact us on Twitter at Retrofanfic, Facebook at Retrofanfic. You can send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com or leave comments or reviews on your podcast listening service of your choice. Yes, please comment and muddy the waters further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other and figure out what fan fiction is. <laughs> Until next time, take care. <laughs> I like that you said in our mind, like we all have one collective mind. <laughs> I need you. We kind of do. Sorry. I mean, I'll add that to our fanfic based on us. <laughs> it's part of my headcanon now. It was a podcast, but not for a collective mindset.